Next on BYUSN, it's time to check priorities. What is the top priority for BYU men's basketball during this Power 5 offseason transition? Just checking my list, seeing if uh, golf's on it. Yep. Uh, yeah, there it right is. Here. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What's up? Tuesday, March 14th, wherever and however you're connected, welcome. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Pi Day expert Jerem Jordan. Oh, it is Pi Day. Okay, fun fact. Uh, James Hobbs from my high school, who also went to Brazil on his mission, so he was in the Sao Paulo MTC with me. Okay. This dude, I remember him to this day, he had the first, like, 50 digits of pi memorized. 50? So one day, one day yeah, 50. So I just see him in the, the bathroom one day, and I'm like, hey, James, I mean, Elder Hobbs, uh, what are the first 50 digits of pi again? And he goes, 3.142579, or whatever it is. <laughs> and I was like, this is the most random fact. I forgot it was pie day. I'm going to have to go grab me a slice. What is your favorite now, pie? Um, pepperoni. Are you going to get a pizza? See what I did there? Okay, so you're a pizza guy. Are you a pizza guy over all other pies? No, no. That was just a non regional joke. (laughs) Non regional diction, (laughs) as Veronica Corningstone said. Uh, No, I like a good cherry pie, a good pumpkin pie. Fantastic. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I'll go to Salt Lake and I'll call like Utah Warriors game on the radio. Hey, Cheesecake Factory's right there. I got to grab something for uh, Wit on the way home, typically. You want to grab me a pizza? I'm grabbing pie all the time. Okay. March through. June. Hey, why don't you grab me some uh, key lime cheesecake next time you're up you like at the cheesecake factory? I'll get some. It's like I'll, nine bucks. I'll Venmo you. Yeah. It's like a $3 handling fee there. Yeah, okay, for me, so. 12 bucks for one slice of cheesecake. Hey, depends how much uh, you like pie. <laughs> On today's show, a pie day edition. Mm. Uh, Mark Durant, the radio analyst for the Cougars, will talk uh, about offseason priorities. Where does it begin? Where does it uh, go for BYU getting ready for the Big 12, the roster, and so on? We overreact to a single BYU football highlight. Yep. Uh, the transfer portal is popping already in hoops. We'll talk about it. And the top five individual performances from men's hoops in March Madness. There have been some good ones. Uh, some record-setting performances as well. But first, today's headline. BYU women's basketball playing on in March. They hey. will host Rice in the opening round of the WNIT this Friday, 9 Eastern, live on the BYU TV app. With a victory, the Cougars would be in for a potential second round matchup with either Oregon or North Dakota State. If it's the Ducks, Mm -hmm. that gets very, very interesting based on some offseason transfers and pickups that BYU's had. Yeah. Is Rice your favorite school named after a food? Has to be. I don't know that there is another school that comes to mind named after a food specifically. <laughs> we'll dig in a little bit later. Also a food pun. Uh, basketball player How Dong entered the transfer portal yesterday, part of a record 173 players to go in on day one. BYU baseball working to snap their four-game losing streak in a rivalry matchup this afternoon against the Utah Utes. Five Eastern game moved up because it's going to rain and snow a little bit later. You can stream Yay. that game on the BYU TV app or listen live on BYU Radio or the BYU Radio app as well. Cougs need a win, man. Let's go. Men's volleyball stays at number eight in the ABCA poll. Tion Taylor, MPSF Defensive Player of the Week after 15 blocks in two matches against The Ohio State. Cougars are off this week. He's a big part of that Wasatch front, Jerem. The Wasatch front, baby. BYU Women's Gymnastics earns three Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference accolades in the final week of regular season competition. Sydney Benson and Alex Mason share honors as co-vault specialists of the week, both scored nine nines. Sophomore Sophie Dudley earned co-floor specialist of the week 
for the second week in a row with her 9-9, all against Arizona. And Courtney Wayman was named Collegiate Female Athlete of the Year by the Utah Sports Commission in the State of Sport Awards. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Give me some dramatic music, because BYU is headed into a dramatic offseason as they transition into the Big 12, which, oh by the way, just placed 70% of this year's teams in the NCAA tournament, all as single-digit seeds. No bad. And it's only going to get more difficult with the addition of number one seed Houston. Well, there's a couple, you know, <laughs> non-NCAA tournament teams <laughs> entering the league. To make things feel better. Yeah, yeah okay. a couple wins. There. Okay. Yeah. What's Trending, by the way, presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. We're discussing priorities for BYU in this Power 5 transition state. What is on top of your off-season priority list for BYU men's basketball? It's twofold. It's developing the good talent you already have, specifically continuing to develop Foos, Jackson Robinson, and Dallin Hall, who you have two or three years respectively together. It's also continued to develop a guy like Spencer Johnson, who is shooting the lights out. Like, he's a really nice piece, right? A tremendous role player. Trevin Nell returns as well, which is exciting. You get him for two more years. He is a sharpshooter as well. So develop those dudes on the screen. Like, in a video game, Madden or NCAA college football, you know, you have that continuity. Oh, they, they got better in spring drills, and then they come back in the fall, and they're like plus six on their player rating or whatever. This is what BYU needs to do. With these five guys specifically, and there are other talented guys. Throwing Richie Saunders the, as Richie well. Richie Saunders as well, absolutely. Richie should be included in that group, absolutely. Those six dudes are kind of your, okay, these guys have played and we expect them to play a lot of minutes. You also need to upgrade via the transfer portal in a few other areas. Um, you need a starting center. After the amazing 2019-20 season, BYU went and had a season where they were a six seed at large. Do you understand being a six seed at large, that, how crazy that is? I believe that's the highest at large seed BYU had ever had as an at large. Um, it was. Sorry, three seed, 2011. Oh, be higher. But, but That's right, they were an at large. But uh, because BYU doesn't win conference tournaments, <laughs> like uh. every year's at large. One day. Um, Matt Harms comes in and changes every. Like, he makes it so BYU keeps that train going. Brandon Averett as well. Oklahoma State, UVU, boom, point guard. Those two additions made it so you maintained what you did the year before. In fact, I would argue that team at the end, uh, you know, when all was said and done, like they went into the tourney ranked and roaring and like they were on par or maybe a little bit. I don't know. 1920 was pretty special. You also need a point guard. Now, wait, isn't Dallin Hall the point guard? You need a second point guard or a, another combo guard uh, that can come in. You need a guy essentially to replace Rudy Williams. Um, and then I would, I would still love, despite the fact that there are a bunch of these kind of guys already on the roster, a dynamic wing that could be a 15-a-game guy. I wouldn't mind that because I don't want to ask sophomores to be amazing quite yet. I do expect juniors and seniors to be ballers. Freshman and sophomore, you are typically a role player. Even Alex Barcelo coming in as a junior, we weren't like, you need to average 15 a game. It was, you're the fourth piece on this team. Next year, you're the guy when you're a senior. So that, that's what I would like to see specifically. The development of those six guys identified, and perhaps there's others. Maybe Jake Walleen comes off a mission and he's amazing. Uh, 
He's the one addition. Maybe so. He's not no high school signees, um, but one off a mission in Jake Welling. Center, point guard, wing. Basically touched every spot. Foose needs to play the four. He cannot play the five in the Big 12. Here's the good news for BYU. You're going to be able to stretch defenses a little bit more, you would think, with a healthy Trevin Nell back. Sure. If you add him to what Spencer Johnson did this season, who shot 46% from the three-point line. I'd take 40 from Spence next year. 46% is red hot. I don't think he attempted enough to qualify in some NCAA metrics, though. Probably not. But still. Whatever. Like, he, he yeah. was really, really good. Trevin Nell believes that he's the best shooter on the team. He believes that he's a better yeah. shooter than Spencer Johnson. Yeah. Straight up. And it's Spence a fun competition. He, yes. It's, it's a, a fun conversation absolutely. and fun competition. Yeah, that's great. You should be able to stretch defenses with those guys and their ability to shoot the three. Maybe Jackson Robinson gets a little bit more consistent with his three-point shot as well. And you said BYU. I want him you, to attack the rim. You more. wouldn't hate BYU to have a dynamic wing. Can Jackson Robinson develop into that dynamic wing type? He can. Player? I'll always take more, though. That'd be, like, that'd be like saying, no, we're good with Aiden Robbins at running back. It's like, no, you add L.J. Martin, despite that. You know what I mean? Like, you always want another piece. I, I, w- I would just feel better if you don't have to get a certain pro- – it's the Big 12 now, too. Like, it's another level. I, I want to continue to get these guys to Big 12 level yeah. and bring in Big 12 guys. That's why BYU could go out in the transfer portal and get some guys that are much cheaper – but they may not be Big 12 starter type guys. BYU that needs makes sense? tier A. The standard A goes up. Talent. They need tier A transfer portal talent. I'd even, yeah, yes. I'd even take tier B. Because what is, is BYU, tra- tier A is like, I'm trying to win the national championship. It's like, well, well, Matt Harms was a tier A talent. He, yes. I would argue he's one of the best transfer BYU's ever had in any sport. Like, that was the exception, not the rule. Uh, the rule is you need Alex someone Marcello at least as good as Spencer Johnson. Alex Barcelo developed into a Tier A talent. He was not a Tier A talent when no. he entered from the transport. He was the fourth best player on high that school. BYU team in 1920. That yeah. says something about that team. No, Alex- when we say 1920, we don't mean like Great Gatsby. Okay? <laughs> the 2019-2020 yeah. season, it's wild to think that yeah. Alex Barcelo was the fourth best player on that team. That's how it's got to be. Spence, in, th- in two and a half years, when BYU's like fourth in the Big 12 and competing at a high level and ranked in the top 25, we'll go, remember when Dallin Hall was a freshman and that team didn't make the NIT? That's the convo I want, just like we had with Zach Wilson when he was 7-6 and six in 2019. Now, here's a fun thought. In 17-18, correction, in 18-19, okay? So the 18-19 season for BYU, Cougars did not make the NIT. It was with Dave Rose's final season. Mark Pope comes in in year one, does what I think was his best recruiting job ever, even more than getting Matt Harms to come from Purdue. He convinced Yoli Childs to come back, got Jake Toulson, TJ Haas, brought in Alex Barcelo, had Zach Selyus there, and voila, BYU had this incredible core of experience and leadership. There are a couple of things that BYU has significantly lacked in over the past season. Experience and leadership. Who are those guys going to be? Typically, BYU has at least a big two, Jerem. At least a big two. They're the best when they have a big three. But they've had at least a big two. Who were the big two for BYU basketball last season? No one was big. It changed every game. No one's big if you don't average over 12 points a game. You know what I mean? Like, you need need dudes that are... 14 plus and sometimes going for high 20s. Yes. Like, 
Like, Foose can be that. Exactly. He can be Dallin one. can be that. Foose is Jackson going to be one. can be that. I, like, Spencer Johnson, I want BYU to be so good that Spencer Johnson is the fourth or fifth best player on the team. That's where I want. And Trevin Nell's in that same category. Yes. Yes. I want, I want BYU to be so talented that Alex Barcella was the fourth best on that. 1922. Okay. That idea is ideal. You need to, I I said this during the season, I'll say it again. I think BYU is two and a half players away from the NCAA tournament. And maybe, maybe it has to be the transfer portal there. Or Jackson Robinson goes from like eight a game guy to 14 a game guy. And Spencer Johnson bumps up, Foose bumps up. You bring in a center, you bring in another point guard. Now, like I just, I just don't like the idea that this past season, Two, there were two issues walking in mid-season where we go, mm. Before the season, we knew that the post situation was going to be trouble. You only had two, period. And those guys were young. And they're, they're working hard. They're playing well. Atiki played really well in the WCC tournament. Foose had a really nice sophomore season again. But it's hard to ask them to be something amazing as freshmen and sophomores, right, with just two of them. You get in foul trouble, you're in trouble. you got to go small. The other thing was that you are starting a freshman off a mission, Physically, that's just hard. I think Dallin Hall did really well. I think he had an outstanding freshman season. Made the two game winners early against Missouri State and Creighton. Really showed up against St. Mary's at home. Carried BYU for like half the points almost. Dallin Hall was incredible was in the awesome. second half against St. Mary's in the postseason. But I don't want to rely on a return for, uh, missionary as a freshman. He needs a year and a half before that body gets back to where it was before, and Dallin notably didn't get hurt, went through a little January slump, as I mentioned, probably what happened with all return missionaries. Like, but the consistency, hopefully he dials that in a year off a mission. When you don't have to use that guy right off a mission, now you're good. He's a sophomore. He certainly could be the starter, but I wouldn't mind if BYU brought in a guy that uh, was better than what Rudy Williams was. And Rudy, at times, was incredible, right? Like, really helped BYU win the Creighton game, the Utah game, the San Francisco game. He was tremendous at times. Just a little more consistency at that position would be great. Top of the priority list, yes, size, but that factors into the experience, leadership, the big two. If I had to put at number one, BYU needs a big two. I feel like they have half of that in Foos. I feel like he will develop into being a big player for BYU as a junior. He'll take a step. It's going to get better. Like, he should average 14 points a game next year, and he's a double-double guy. Like, he could be a consistent double-double machine for BYU. Who's going to be the second player in the Big Two? Can somebody ascend to that, or does BYU have to find that player in the transfer portal? If BYU does not bring in that kind of player in the transfer portal, I think they may be encountering a NIT or or less season again, and maybe no NIT. Like, you have to get somebody else. I agree. You You have to get a big two. You have to get someone better than Rudy was. You have to find a ball-dominant combo guard that excels coming off a high ball screen and can knock down shots consistently and thus demand more defensive pressure so that when you take his shot away, he opens up Spencer Johnson and Trevin Nell and Richie Saunders and Foose for an easy two. You You need Antoine Davis. Yeah, okay. You need that type of player, the, yes. the, the guy that's probably going to break Pete Maravich's scoring record at Detroit Mercy. Yeah, well, it came up short. <laughs> Does he have another year? I don't know. Is he playing in the CIT or the CBI? I don't know. Did they go to a postseason tournament? These are, I, these I honestly are, have no idea. These are not things I've attention. Okay, find me a big two, Jerem. Got to bring one in. Maybe come, two. Then come more wins. If you want to make the turning, you need two of those dudes. <sighs> Just give me at least one. 
Our question of the day is this. What is the off-season priority list for BYU basketball? Conference of the 12, or at Conference of 12 on Twitter, (laughs) says experienced big and experienced wing. Yeah, I think point guard, too. BYU has talent, and they're growing quickly, but they need a couple of veterans sprinkled in to keep the Cougars settled and growing. Who's the other point guard with Dallin Hall, then? Who's the backup point guard next year? That's a great question. I think you need to bring one in. I have no idea. I'm sure that's atop the transfer portal priority list. Also, prepare yourself. Just generally, every year it happens for someone to transfer that you didn't expect. It just happens. It is the nature. If of not this. multiple. If not multiple. Like, it is what it is. We're in that genre football, area. Football had it. You bring in other guys. Yeah. Whew. It's a lot. Yeah, go give me a ball-dominant scoring combo guard and find me a 6'10 big guy that can help that out. That can foods. start. They could start right yeah, now. I want a Tiki as a quality backup one more year. You know. Hashtag BYUSN to join that conversation. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, check out the Utes and Cougs in baseball today. This game moved up due to weather. 5 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant has his own list of offseason priorities. He'll share it all with us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. That is the challenge for BYU to find their way back to the top in some regard. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We now welcome in one of our all-time favorites. He is the BYU basketball radio analyst, fantastic personality, and friend of the program, Mark Durant. Mark, great to see you this morning. How are you? Boys, it's always wonderful to see you. I apologize for my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather, but nothing. Nothing, guys, was going to keep me <laughs> from coming on the show with my two best friends. We appreciate your dedication to the craft and to this friendship for sure. Let's start with the NCAA tournament, Mark, and bracket filling. How many brackets do you fill out on an annual basis? You know, I don't go overboard with the brackets. I usually fill out one, maybe maybe two if I'm you know feeling frisky. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know... I always do pretty good, but I never win. It's depressing. Maybe analogous to this uh, year's team. I always do pretty good, but uh, just didn't quite have enough to get over the top. Yeah, when my three-year-old uh, Tate last year at St. Peter's going to the ship, uh, I was like, hey, that was a, that was a nice one, uh, man. You also have no clue what's going on. Neither do I. Uh, okay, we were just talking about it in what's trending. The off-season priorities for BYU basketball. Where do they begin, and what's included in that, in your opinion? Yeah, well, that's a uh, that's a tall task, and and kind of literally a tall task. I think number one is you need to get some size, you need to get some bodies. I think you can get away with being a little bit smaller in the West Coast Conference, um, but you're going to need to bring in a, at least a couple big six eleven seven foot guys. Uh, I don't think it's realistic to think that Foose can play the five in in the Big Twelve. Um, maybe he could. I mean, Foose is amazing at what he's able to do, but defensively and rebounding, you need to have some size. You need to be able to throw some bodies. Uh, and so you need you need to go find some big guys that, that can play in the post and get some rebounds and play defense and 
be able to compete physically uh, in the Big 12 type type of games. Um, and then, you know, you, you know, BYU is always probably not going to get the best athletes, but they should be able to get some really good shooters. And, and I think this team was a decent shooting team, but not great. And I think the great equalizer in college basketball for a team like BYU would be uh, to be able to shoot the three really well. You think of that team a couple years ago, the COVID team, uh, the thing that was really impressive about them is they were leading the country in three-point shooting. And and I think if BYU could be near the top, top 20 three-point shooting team, uh, that may be able to catapult them to some wins and some success in the Big 12 because it's just such an important part of college basketball. And I, I don't think you have to be, you know, seven feet and jumping out of the gym to be able to shoot threes. I mean, you can get some guys that are super skilled and can be a real threat from the three. And uh, if, if you can shoot the ball well from three, you're going to be in a lot of games and you'll win some games. So I guess number one is get some big guys. Number two, get get a couple of real sharpshooters. Now, that's easier said than done. I mean, everybody's looking for big guys and sharpshooters. Um, but that, that's where you need to focus your attention if you can get it. And I, and I hope this year, you know, maybe you, you are able to get some some guys that maybe you otherwise wouldn't with the Big 12. And that's that's the hope anyway. That's the whole point of it really is to be able to have more resources and playing bigger games and bigger, uh, you know, bigger TV exposure. And that, that excites young kids and they want to be a part of that. And maybe you get some players that you couldn't in the past. Mark, in this day and age of name, image, and likeness and all of the money that's being thrown around in the NIL game, is it as simple for BYU as, well, come up with more money from the boosters and whatnot so that you can have more to offer to the players? It's it's getting a little bit that way, right, Spencer? I mean, for BYU t- TV to keep you, they got to pay you a lot. I know that much. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, <laughs> Jerem, not so much. I mean, Jerem, you know, this internship's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you you have to be competitive. I mean, you can't you can't be at the bottom of the Big Twelve as far as what you're offering kids you're probably not going to be up near Kansas either. You, but you need to be able to, you, you know, if Iowa State or Oklahoma State is paying a certain amount, you need to be able to say, yeah, we, you know, that's that's about what we're paying. And, you know, there's no real financial incentive for you to go somewhere else. But then look at all these other things that we offer and, and the environment and all the things that BYU can bring to the table. But you need to be somewhat competitive. You need to be in the mix. Uh, you can't, you can't kind of go, you can't be a cheapskate anymore. Let's put it that way. You can't, uh, nickel and dime these kids. It's a different world. They're expecting to get paid a little bit, especially the premier type players. And uh, so you need to be able to put together a whole package. And, and not the least of that is is a decent NIL uh, option. And, you know, the other thing that I think is cool, and you look at Gideon George and and uh, and Fusini and, and others is, you know, the ability to do things that's not just about you. Uh, it's about you know, their charities and doing things back in Africa and, and you know, the inner cities. And, and you could really do some great things with what BYU has to offer uh, with their support, uh, with with charity and and things that, you know, these kids aren't all about themselves. You know, they want to get the NIL money. They don't want to get, you know, not get that, obviously. If it's there, they want it. But they also want to make a difference in the world. And I think BYU is a unique opportunity for them to do those kind of things. Certainly more than an athlete uh, here at BYU, for sure. 
what are your thoughts on the uh, you know, need to win now, and that probably means transfers, right? But also the ability to recruit and get kids out of high school that you develop like a Dallin Hall. Sometimes they go on missions, right, if they're a member of the church. If they're not, they come in and they play right away or whatnot. What, what are your thoughts on sort of how roster compositions are evolving given the need to win now and what the transfer portal perhaps offers in that regard? Well, Jeremy, I think it's a, you know, as most things, it's a balancing act. Um, I think Gonzaga over the years has been a good example of how to do that. They do have guys that they bring in and develop. They also do so well in the transfer portal, and it's an attractive place for guys in the transfer portal that uh, maybe didn't have success for whatever reason at, at a Power 5 school and that they know they can go to Gonzaga and be successful and get to the tournament and and uh, you see a lot of NBA players from Gonzaga. Uh, I, th I think that's kind of the model that you want is to make sure that you're not neglecting bringing in freshmen like Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders and Toulson and others. Uh, and because I think that has to be the core of your team. That has to give you a foundation and that has to give you a continuity. And when those kind of guys get to be juniors and seniors, you know, they've really developed and, and they can really make you into a good basketball team. But you need to obviously now uh, pepper that with really good transfer players. The trouble with the transfer portal is it can be hit and miss. One year you, you strike the lottery, and the next year you come up empty. And so it's hard to rely and base your whole program on the transfer portal because you want to have some you know, continuity and consistency. And so I think it's a mix. Um, preferably, I'd like to, to really have a solid you know, two-thirds uh uh, of guys you bring in and work with and keep and develop and get better. And then you're bringing in three, you know, two, three or four players every year in the transfer portal just to try and uh, accentuate the guys that you already have and get better. And it's just, you have to do it. I mean, that's just the way it is. You have to do it. It's, it's coaching malpractice if you're not really hitting the transfer portal hard and making that happen. But you, you have to have a solid core of guys that are just kind of all about BYU and they choose BYU and they're, they're staying at BYU. And I think that's important. And BYU certainly has several of those guys on the roster currently. However, in the fall, BYU did not sign anyone out of high school, maybe for the first time ever. Any concern uh, about that? They do have Jake Wallin coming back from a mission. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a concern, but it's, you know, it, you can't kind of base it on one year. Um, if that was a pattern over many years, you know, you'd really look at it. But the, the rosters are so volatile with with the transfer portal, with missions at BYU, that it may just so happen that, that BYU was kind of full up and didn't really, you know, there was no one really speaking to them out there. Uh, obviously, there's some exciting young high school players. I really like this um, Kozlowski kid and and uh, so, I mean, you're still, you're working on you're working on guys, but some years it's just like, you know, we got a lot of guys coming back, and we're expected to have these guys on the transfer portal, and uh, maybe this isn't the year that we bring in a high school kid. I mean, that used to not be the case, but but given circumstances in the world today and how things are different, you may have a year where you don't do that. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I don't like that principle, generally speaking, um, you know, for the long term, but it may be just it was kind of that something odd that happened this year, so we'll see. BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant's with us on BYU Sports Nation. Mark, I keep hearing in all of the circles that I usually participate in with conversation that, 
Well, BYU's got to make changes then. It was just such a rough season. they got to make major changes. Well, what are those changes? What changes do you anticipate the BYU is going to have to make from an overall standpoint moving forward into the Big 12? Well, I wish I hung out in Spencer Linton circles. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. That's, that's some elite stuff there, man. But uh, <laughs> You're always invited, Mark. You're always invited. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not... I'm not that. I'm probably not in that group. I don't think drastic changes are needed. Um, this this year's team, I thought performed well. Uh, I, I like the fact that BYU has high expectations and expects great things, and, and I like that. I want that to be the case always. Um, you know, this team played hard, and and you know, but for a few bounces here and there, and it couple different games you know it, it would be a different conversation I think but the fact is that they didn't bounce their way and they did lose the games and didn't make the postseason tournament and that that's hard to swallow maybe you can swallow it for a year or two and going into the big 12 but long term you have to perform so if you didn't get the performance you needed out of the guys that you have then yeah something has to change or you'll get the same result um, I do think, you know, BYU has some younger guys. Like we mentioned, Dallin and Richie, they'll get better. Uh, Jackson will get better. Foost will get better. Um, it's just because that's the way it is. Another year, as good as they are, they'll get better. So there's a change for you in the guys that you have. Without making a change, you'll get better performance because those guys will get better. Um, but I think you need some... I think a real problem this year was leadership. I think at the end of this season, Rudy was better at that, and BYU was better because Rudy was a bit of a leader at the end. But you need to have a good leader on your team. You need to have um, size, I think, was a big problem this year, even though BYU was still able to rebound well with the, with the size that they did have. Um, but And then they need to be more consistent, better shooters. I, I don't know. So those are things you do need to change. So when you're going into the transfer portal, you have those things in mind. And when you craft an offense and defense around your team, those are things you have in mind. Um, but uh, I don't know. You throw out the, the baby with the bathwater here. I think these are changes that you can work with and try and add a few pieces and, and get your guys that you have better. And, and I think if you do that, you weren't very far off this year. If you can make some incremental changes, then uh, maybe you can get to where you need to be. Now, with that said, uh, of course – you're going into Big 12, and and so it's not it's not a matter of getting a little bit better so you can finish in the top three in the West Coast Conference. I mean that's that, that's out the window now, and now you're just trying to win some games in yeah. the conference that you're in, and, and so maybe you do need even more change. But I'm confident with Mark Pope and his staff. I I love Mark Pope. I think he's the right guy, and uh, and we'll we'll see how the the transfer into the Big 12 with the new resources and exposure, maybe that will give him the ammunition that he needs. Mark, great to talk with you as always. We appreciate the insights. And I know that you have your blue goggles hidden there somewhere. And that we can, you know, if you want to join in a conversation later, we can put those blue goggles on together and, and, and talk about the future. Hey, listen, <laughs> I went to Dr. Hoops, uh, Hoops Vision, and he put in uh, blue contacts for me, uh, permanent. So I'm always... <laughs> It's always blue for me. Everything's blue. Mark, thanks so much for the time. See you guys. All right. He's talking about, you know, expectations and just trying to win games. Yeah. I'm set on 6-12 and 12 in 18 Big 12 games. <clears throat>
What's scary is Oklahoma State didn't make it with six quad one wins yeah. and 18 and 15 overall. Yep. So it's like, shoot, uh, we're hoping BYU can do that. Like six quad one wins would be the most in program history. Uh, 18 wins would be incredible. It's going to be tough. That, that's a got, lot. Got to upgrade the got to upgrade the talent like he's talking about in specific positions we were talking about too. So if BYU wins yeah. six games in the Big Twelve next year, I'll be just fine. We're talking six and twelve. We're talking one third. Yeah, because um, they play eighteen, right? Yeah, probably need to do better in the league. Probably. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma State be... went eight and ten and didn't make it. They're the first yeah. team out. Yeah. But there are more teams in the Big Twelve next year. Yeah. It's, it's they don't little, care, but the committee doesn't care what conference you're in. A little bit different beast with the addition of Houston. Yeah. Uh, Houston's the, a one seed. Yeah. yeah so it, it's just, it's different. Let's dilute the league. <laughs> uh, thanks, UCF. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, BYU versus Utah softball going down tomorrow, 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Big game. Let's go. Can't wait to watch that one. A record number of players entered the transfer portal yesterday on the men's basketball side, including at least one BYU player. Is this a good or bad thing for the Cougars pushing forward? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Make sure you follow the, the program on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. You know what time it is. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Brigham Young University football's program posted this video of a Talmadge Gunther one-handed catch from practice. All right. React. Uh, first of all, like the route, like the speed, like the catch the best! Oh. Oh, I have not seen this till now. From Talmadge Gunther. Oh. I want to know who threw the ball. That's what I really want to know, because that's a dime. Mm. Great catch, also a dime. I like the, the little bit of separation there. And then, uh, listen, he's got that dad strength. He has two kids, man. That he, he does. And, he and Caleb Christensen have two kids. Dos Ninos? For Dos Bolton? Ninos? Good gravy. Yeah, give those guys some more NIL money. They need it for diapers. <laughs> Just straight up. It's like, he's sponsored by Pampers. <laughs> it would make perfect sense in this market, at just, this school. Just, it'd be on Come brand. on. Be on brand. Yeah, he's earned more diapers and NIL money. That's my final reaction to that video. Yeah. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports reports yesterday that the Big 12 is reaching out weekly to expansion candidates. Okay. Which schools, Jerem, do you think are getting that weekly check-in from Brett Yormark? Not SMU and San Diego State. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, they're probably trying to get Oregon and Washington. Four corners seems obvious. Um, the whole Pac-12 minus Wazoo and Oregon State, I don't know. Um, Gonzaga certainly is in that mix as well, as, as uh, we've seen reported. Yeah. And uh, talking to people, it sounds like, yeah, that's, that's a real thing. I start with the Arizona schools. And then go to the Pacific Northwest, Washington and Oregon. I think those are the first four Portland State calls. and Eastern Washington. <laughs> no. Yep. Uh, Washington and Oregon. George Fox. And then, yeah, Gonzaga, I think, is in the mix because this is a basketball powerhouse conference. It would be interesting if Brett Yormark wanted to expand with Gonzaga and, and maybe poach somebody out of, like, 
the Big East or something. Some just purely basketball school, Marquette. Or... <laughs> it's like Creighton you're in. Right? Like so, something. Just two, well, it would I, make sense to go two basketball. Then you keep that even number. Exactly. I wouldn't, Gonz- put, I wouldn't put it past them. It seems like, uh, based on reports and conversation, that Gonzaga would not get the invite before any football schools. That that would happen like after football moves. That's what it seems. For sure. I am led to believe that based on Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah's remarks last week on Twitter of give me a break in response to one of Dennis Dodd's reports, that Utah is not super open to wanting to go to the Big 12 right now. Why would they? They can be the kings of the league when USC and UCLA leave in in, uh, football. Well, for that matter, why would Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, and Washington? Because wouldn't it be easier for them to crack into a college football playoff and win their league too? Like, why would any of those teams want to lead the Pac-12? Well, why USC and UCLA left? Money. The almighty dollar. Straight money. But it won't be significantly more in the Big 12. No, so again, so are we back to square zero? Again, Portland State and Eastern Washington. Let's go. Uh, how darn was the 173rd player to enter the transfer portal as of 7 Eastern uh, yesterday? Is that many transfer portal entrants a good or bad thing for BYU? I'm just going to take this to a bigger conversation overall. I think it's a bad thing for college basketball. I hate that so many players are making this such a common thing. Because what you don't hear so often is that less than half of the players that enter the transfer portal actually find a landing spot. That's bad news. Like, I, I don't know what we need to do to, con- to, to get that out there. That like, it's not just this automatic, hey, I'm gonna enter the transfer portal and it's automatic, it's gonna be better for me. I'm gonna find a nice cushy spot somewhere. Like, maybe half of those guys are gonna get a scholarship somewhere else. So I don't, I don't like it. I, I wish that there was maybe half that number. So yeah, lots of options for BYU, but there are a lot of options for all 352 Division I basketball programs. It just makes it that much harder for BYU. At what age are we okay with someone bouncing from a commitment? Because <clears throat> once you get to BYU, trust me, there are more um, you know, social singles in the dating transfer portal uh, at BYU than that number. But also, once you graduate from college, you're more than welcome to bounce around to different jobs based on different opportunities, right? So at what age are we like, now it's okay? Because um, in college, if the fit isn't good, and maybe there's a coaching, whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and when, it, when are we okay to say, that was a legit transfer and that you should have stayed? I'm not sure how to reckon those things. Only, yeah, well, it's an impossible, that's an impossible question to answer. So it's hard for me to sort of critique that number. I just hate that it's more and more and more and more. It's just getting bigger and bigger. What I don't like to see is kids that have four different schools on their resume by the time they're a sophomore. Like, that's crazy to me. That's really tough. Like, it, are they going to be happy anywhere? That, that's a tough scenario. And I know that. And that's where enough. those first three legitimately didn't work out? Like, it's hard to know. It's that's hard what to I'm know. Saying. Doesn't that's apply what... to everyone. I know there are always, yeah. you know, exceptions, sure. but I'm seeing that more and more, and I don't like that trend. Yeah. Uh, but we do sound old if we say that number. <laughs> if we comment on that number. Okay, the New York Times reports a Chicago man is suing Buffalo Wild Wings, claiming the restaurant's falsely advertising its boneless wings. His claim is that they are more like chicken nuggets. Does he have a case here? <laughs> no, there's no case there. They're not chicken nuggets. Come on. It's a, it's a Without stretch. Without the bone, are it, they not? It's a, well. I, th- I think chicken tenders are what adults yes. call chicken nuggets. Well. Chicken, That's what nu- I think, chicken nuggets right? to me are ground up remaining parts of chicken. So like it's a hot dog. Chicken tenders are like a slice off the chicken that you fry then. 
okay? Very different than just like throwing it into a meat grinder and putting some breading around it. Like tenders, boneless wings, different than nuggets. I appreciate the hustle though. Who doesn't want to make a quick, easy million? Yeah, or, or more. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings Friday night and I thought that the original was going to be the mild. The original was too much for you, boy. It was oh. rough. Okay. Yeah. Can we throw in one more? I ate two. I was sweating. Can we throw in one more? I want to talk baseball because okay. BYU hosts Utah in baseball today. Do it. Weather permitting, of course. Yep. Is this the game you care about the most for BYU baseball all season? Looking at the schedule this year, Spence, <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. There wasn't like a super compelling non-conference game where I go, oh, that's the game. Yeah. Utah a couple of times, right, this year? Sure. Yeah. This is the most important game unless and until BYU makes the West Coast Conference postseason tournament. Then that becomes the game now. that I will care the most about. But they got to make the tournament for me to care about a game more than this well, that's it'll happening be today. Well, and multiple games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, BYU women's basketball begins its uh, WNIT run this Friday, hosting Rice. You can watch it right here on the BYU TV app, 9 Eastern on Friday night. Still on the way. The top five individual BYU basketball performances from the men's side in the NCAA tournament. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're hanging out live in Studio B. The NCAA tournament starts officially today with the play-in games. Hey! We're playing games tomorrow. And then the real fun begins on Thursday. And uh, sadly, with no BYU basketball involved in this year's tournament, what? we are now turning to the history books to find some type of fix with BYU basketball in March Madness. Ignore the present when it's not convenient. Top five men's NCAA tournament yeah. individual performances by BYU players starts now on Top 5 Tuesday. Number five, Sean Bradley, first round versus Virginia in 1991. He had 10 blocks in the game, Woo. an NCAA record at the time until Shaq had 11 against BYU the next year. Mm -hmm. He added eight points, five rebounds, as the Cougs beat the Cavs 68-41. Number four, the great Kreshemir Chosich. First round game against Utah State. This is back when, you know, teams would host opening round games because this game was in Logan. Still doing women. In 1971, he had 30 points and 11 rebounds. Mm. Take that spectrum. BYU won 92-81, the Cougars' first tournament win since 1957. Of course, this is different than the NIT, which BYU won in 1966. Yes, in 51, baby. Number three, Jimmer Fredette versus Florida 2010. I was at this game. Jimmer went for 37 as the Cougars won in double OT for its first NCAA tournament win since 1993. Jimmer started to enter the national consciousness a little more after this performance. Fun fact, I watched this game in Florida with my parents when they were living in Florida. There you go. Fun to watch them beat Florida. And my favorite moment is when he waved at the camera. Yeah. Hi, Mom, got, after an and one. Got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, you dog. Number two, Danny Ainge. Second round game against UCLA mm. in 1981. How is this not number one? 37 points. Tied a BYU tournament record. 14 of 22 from the field. 14. He had three steals. Six-seed BYU didn't just upset the three-seed UCLA. They destroyed the Bruins. This should have been one, in my opinion. But 78-55, uh, the next game was the famous Danny Ainge buzzer beater against Notre Dame. I mean, you could argue the Notre Dame game just for the buzzer beater is to send BYU to the Elite Eight. Yeah, this has a case for number one for sure. Yeah. I'm arguing Notre Dame. I don't even know his stats. I just know he has this iconic move. 
But number one, Jim Fredette, second round versus Gonzaga in 2011. Three seed BYU dismantled the 11 seed Gonzaga Bulldogs. <laughs> 11 seed, they never get that done. Mm -hmm. Thanks to 34 points, a BYU NCAA tournament record, seven threes, 89-67 win, BYU's second Sweet 16 ever first since 1981. So Jimmer took 23 shots in that game, made 11. Danny was 14 of 22 in the win against UCLA with no three-point line. And it's UCLA. Like, it was pretty good. And it's a three-seed UCLA. I, I, I think BYU's... two should have been one there. Yeah, okay. That's all right. All right. That's all right. Okay. You know what? Right. We've got a 20-person committee that researches this thoroughly. You know, <laughs> we uh, agree to disagree. All good. We'll call Danny later and ask him how he feels about it. <laughs> He's like, no, Chris Mujosic. That was the best one. <laughs> if you missed any interview shows, games, you want to watch some of those games that we just, uh, you know, uh, regular season, I suppose, mentioned, you can find them on BYUSN.com, download the BYU TV app, get all your BYU TV sports content on demand. A rise and shout out up next to the first recorded BYU sporting event. It was a doozy. This is BYU <laughs> Sports Nation. Watch your step. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Are we going to see another banked in three by Richie Saunders? I hope that was, so. I had forgotten about that play. Black unis, by the way. Ah, so clean. Love it. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You're going to need to watch the uh, BYU or listen to the BYU baseball game today against uh, Utah. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as well. Our question of the day. What is the off-season priority list for BYU basketball right now? What's your number one? Logan White from Instagram says, Got to keep the young core together. Yep. Hall, Robinson, Foose, Atiki, Saunders, etc. Any yep. of those guys transferring out would be a blow. And BYU hasn't had the best luck in the portal replacing guys the last few years. It's not the last few years. Just one it's year. It's one year. One year. Where last year wasn't what it was before. Because as you mentioned, Yoli essentially, not a transfer portal guy, but essentially re-recruited back. And Jake Toulson and Alex Barcella, yeah. tremendous ads. The next year, Matt Harms, Brandon Averett, Gideon George. And then, unfortunately, this last year, didn't quite um, you know, perform at the level we were hoping from those guys. Granted... One of those guys, Jackson Robinson, who is a third year, like I think he turned 20. Um, maybe he's still 19. He came to college when he was 17. Um, and then you had some other young guys. Sure. We'll see what happens with BYU, but it, w it was one year. I think that Mark Pope tremendously recruited those first two years. This last year was a little tougher where he had to play uh, Dallin Hall sure. off a mission when perhaps you don't want to do that if you don't have Yeah, to. and I don't want to throw two years ago into the mix because – T. John Lucas was consistent. He was a nice backcourt piece to join yeah. Alex Barcelo. BYU was more impacted by two significant season-ending injuries in the front court. And Seneca with Knight, Gavin Baxter yeah. and Richie Harward. And Seneca Knight wasn't quite as good as we were hoping. So maybe, for. so maybe, yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit of that, but I feel like it was more injury-related two years ago than this year, where yeah. it just didn't work out this just year. Just didn't work out. And is it an Alex? Is it as simple? Is it too simple to say the Alex Barcelo era versus non-Alex Barcelo era? Is that too simple? Maybe, a little bit. Because this was the first year without AB, and BYU was, Well, they didn't go to the postseason at all. Didn't go to the postseason at all. Last year, BYU not only goes to the NIT, they win a couple games. They went to. They were one win they away go, from going back to Madison Square Garden. They went Garden. to the third round. They had a home game in the third round. That tells you the impact of Alex to some degree. I'm not saying he's everything, but I'm saying it's certainly something. Yeah, I just those, those injuries really hurt BYU yeah. in, in the front court. But without him, 
Still went to the NIT. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Caleb McKay from Instagram says, BYU needs to keep the talent they have, find an elite guard elite. and elite big man. Well, we going to the Final Four now? What's BYU can find a seven-footer. That would be ideal. I, elite? I don't think we can pay for an elite Jeremy, player. give me a three-star, 6'10-plus guy. Sure. And... Maybe a three-and-a-half to four-star ball-dominant guard. Well, they're coming out of the transfer portal, so I'm not sure stars matter per se, but that type of guy. That's, that's what sure. I'm saying, that type of player. Yeah, what, what BYU needs is a double-digit scoring center and a double-digit scoring guard. To join Foose. To join Foose. Now you got a core of a big three and the and emerging down hall, and Richie and, and Jackson. Yes, yes. And then you got two three-point shooters, yeah. That'd be great. Trevin and Spencer. Yep. It's simple, right? <laughs> it's really easy. Now, go and do. Just make it happen. Our elite voice of the no day. More. Presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Andrew G. Garrett says, yep. number one, a true big man. Not a false one. Two, a true one. Two shooters who can score at a high clip. Uh, just one, dude. I think Trevin Nell and Spencer Johnson can shoot plenty fine from the three-point line. I'd take two, don't get me wrong, but He's, I think, yeah. You need a guy that well, can create off the screen. Let's assume, assuming BYU loses somebody we don't expect, which is to be expected. It just happens every year. I'm not talking from a knowledge standpoint. There's, I'm talking from a general Typically, standpoint. there's always one that you're like, whoa, did not see that coming. Yeah, every year. We'll find out. We're multiple. All right. Uh, today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU's playing Utah in baseball today, which brings us back to the first sporting event ever recorded between BYU and Utah, apparently. Um, both sides disagree on some details here. Apparently, uh, you know, it's Brigham Young Academy taking on the U. BYA is up 3 nothing. There's a ball that apparently goes foul. BYU thinks it goes foul, and Utah thinks it goes fair. Three-run score on this, and they get into a bench-clearing brawl, and the game ends. BYU thinks it's 3-0. Utah thinks it's 3-3. It ended in a bench-clearing brawl. This is maybe my favorite <laughs> BYU-Utah story that exists. Watch the game today at 5 One says it's a BYU win, win. The other says it's a 3-3 tie. <laughs> they both agreed that there was a bench-clearing brawl. Either way, ended. Utah didn't win. <laughs> That's true. That's the silver line. And we all win that way. Our thanks to today's guest, Mark Durant. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. An annual shout out to Ben Saylor. We'll see you this afternoon oh, for nice. BYU Baseball. 5 Eastern on the BYU TV app.